0: Hello everyone and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Nyadjiega. So today we are circling back to a topic that I think remains very relevant and on the minds of young people who live in developing countries, but especially for young people who live in Zimbabwe. And that is the idea of leaving home, of migrating to another country. In part one, we had a conversation with someone who moved to America through university and chose to migrate there full time. And for part two, we're discussing the a completely different angle. And my guest shares their experiences with moving to South Africa without the necessary documentation that's without a work permit, without anything really just the hope of creating a better life for themselves um, just a disclaimer and i guess this is the first time i've ever done this um my guest does share that they chose to move back to zimbabwe and that for young zimbabweans the best way out of their situation is through entrepreneurship and as you know if you follow me on social media this is something i don't agree with at all but i do understand where my guest was coming from in this regard but I think you should listen to the episode and really let me know what you think um, with the points of view that they share, the experiences, and where they're coming from with it. So yeah, please do not forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at In This Economy Podcast and follow me, your host, at Kenya Jekyll on Twitter and let's keep this conversation going. So yeah, let's get into the episode. All right. So today we're discussing part two of leaving home in this economy. In the last episode, I spoke to a young Zimbabwean who had moved to America. And today I have the pleasure of talking to my guest who has had experience moving to South Africa. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself for everyone? Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) My name is Bevin Chkosi. Yes, I'm from Wedza. Oh, okay, that's, yes. great. that's great, thank
0: you. All right, um, so the first question I have for you today is When did you know for sure that you wanted to leave Zimbabwe?
1: Okay, thank you for that question. Mm. Uh, that was um, 12 September, mm. 12 September 2012, mm. when I decided to leave from Zimbabwe to South Africa yes
0: okay and um what was the biggest motivating factor
1: okay the motivating factor was all about employment Mm. yes so that was the
0: biggest one yes seeking Mm.
1: green pastures Mm. so that you can earn money then you can do better in future okay so
0: at that point there were just no opportunities here in zimbabwe for you or you just wanted to go and see
1: i just wanted to go and see because You can hear many stories about South Africa from different people mm. who are just going there and become successful. Mm, yes. I see, I see.
0: And was there like a specific field you wanted to get into or specific kind of employment or you're just happy to do...
1: I was just happy to go there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All
0: right. No, that's good. <laughs> and do you mind sharing the process that you went through? Because it's very different than when, you know, a lot of the guests I've spoken to just say, OK, I left home for uni or I left home because I got a job and then, you know, I proceeded to go. So what was your process like?
1: OK, yeah. uh, my process was just I just contacted someone who was living in South Africa was my uncle. So I just have that opportunity to go and stay with my uncle, but it was not like that Mm. when I uh, when I got that side. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was terrible. First two weeks it was fine because I was staying with my uncle. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I started staying alone and. The life was tough for that time. Mm. I was staying in a shant- informal settlement. Mm. Yes, that was called Malaji. Mm. yes in a shaky. Yeah. We call it in South Africa name they call it Mukuku. Mm. Yes. Right. It was built with the iron sheets, that room. So even the, ros- the resources were very, very scarce like water, there was no electricity, there was no piped water so it was difficult. Mm-hmm. It was a high crime zone, mm-hmm. prostitution, and also everything that side, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible environment that I was living in. Mm-hmm. But for after six months, then I got a job mm-hmm. because I applied. But uh, my challenge was that uh, I didn't have uh, visa or a work permit mm. yes were
0: well, there lots of zimbabweans in that area as well
1: yes there were a lot of lots of Zimbabweans in that area but you know the situation of staying in informal settlement mm. how it is mm. it is a pain Mm. In the S, <laughs> <Yeah>. No, definitely. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes.
0: And in that community, was there, we read a lot in the news about how in the um, informal towns and in the shanty towns and those areas in South Africa, there's a lot of xenophobia in that South Africans are very anti-foreigners being there. Did you experience any of that while you were there?
1: Um, about xenophobia, no, but uh, about uh, theft. it was a problem yes Mm -hmm. you can left there going to work in the morning you can go to work when you come back you can find your room empty Empty, yes so it was terrible Mm -hmm. and also drug dealings yes Mm -hmm. okay it's happening that side Mm -hmm. yes
0: and so what was the most challenging aspect about settling um so of all where you were living looking for work in all the things you had to do while you were there what was the most challenging aspect
1: okay first thing i did not have a, uh, a visa yeah or a work permit mm-hmm. so even if you think about well even if you think to apply for a better job mm-hmm. you can go to interview yeah. but first thing they ask you about work permit or a visa and mm-hmm. you don't have that mm-hmm. so they don't accept you then second thing language barrier mm-hmm language barrier it was very difficult because even if you speak in english some of the people they don't understand that english mm. yes so they just want to speak in their local language, yeah. you see. Mm-hmm. So it was quite challenging, mm. yes.
0: So what kind of work were you able to find when with all those barriers in place? What, were you limited to a certain kind of occupation?
1: I started as a gardener, mm-hmm. yes, in mm-hmm. doing housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then from there, I proceeded with my education. Then I started studying, doing the distance learning. Mm. Yes, with the college. Then I started to apply for a better job after I got my certificate, a diploma in human resource management. Yes, and also in agriculture, yes, under crop production. Then I applied, I got a job, and that time I managed to process my visa. Mm. Yes, okay. so things started to change. That was 20, 2015. Mm. yes, when things started to change.
0: That's really that's really interesting. First of all congratulations. <laughs> Thank, on, you. On all your qualifications. <laughs> Thank you Thank um, you. But when you were studying, how was that was that not challenging in the living environment that you were in trying to balance um, like informal work? and then also studying how difficult was that
1: okay the first thing that i did when i got that job of being a gardener in the housekeeping my boss helped me to proceed with my education mm. my studies you see mm. then from there things started to change to because change. i was staying with my boss oh, yes I see. yes okay. i moved from the informal settlement mm-hmm. yes to a proper house, house. Yes. Okay.
0: yes so why did you decide to return to Zimbabwe having had all of that what sounds like a lot of resilience and eventually finding your feet settling down and getting better work and a permit and everything why did you choose to come back
1: okay first point the challenge was that my boss closed all of the companies mm so he decided to move from south africa to england oh, yes okay. then i decided to come back home but before that mm. the cost of living was too high yeah. yes mm. and now you can look on the situation of south africa now the cost of living is getting worse and worse every day mm-hmm. and unemployment also is it's booming Yes, mm. is on the, the rise every day. Mm. You see, then from there looking for better, you have like uh, something that you budgeted. Mm. Yes, the money that you have budget. then you decide you have that brand that you no, know, home sweet warm. You see, yeah, see. <laughs> then you want to come back and do start and start a business to be your own boss yes yes okay. yes so and there's freedom also here mm-hmm. yes it's our motherland Decide. so you have that freedom that you can do anything mm-hmm. the sky is the limit mm-hmm. yes
0: so would you say it was like so the biggest motivating factor was just wanting to be more independent yes so it's like instead of trying to be like okay the cost of living is rising yes i just want to go somewhere where i can mitigate those things and have like a better experience in coming home yes okay that's that's
1: because you lost your job yes so you don't have the monthly income Mm -hmm. you see Mm -hmm. so you decide what i have budget so I need to move on with life. I have kids, I have family to look after. So you decide, then you, can, you just take your budget, then you say, no, I decided to go home and start a business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I came here in Zimbabwe, that was the the first of June when mm-hmm. I arrived here last year. Mm-hmm. Then last year, that was 2021, mm-hmm. you see. I arrived here, that was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of June 2021 then I came with my business plan Mm. yes Uh, I wanted to venture venture, uh, I'm i in portrait business now Mm. you see so I started working it's hard to start but uh, as time goes on you start doing better you start by making mistakes but now I'm feeling like someone who is (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh,
0: so, so, what opportunities did you identify immediately when you came back? Again, like when you left, there were obviously like specific industries where you yes. could see, that this is where I could go. When you came back to Zimbabwe, what what, what opportunities did you identify?
1: First, yeah, okay. it's there's freedom to start something, anything you can do. The sky is the limit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I found the opportunity to do that portrait business not only poultry business even farming like uh, crops production you can do that yes you can grow tobacco different types of crops mm-hmm. in in agriculture sector mm-hmm. then the other side you can start your own business like uh, selling being a businessman Selling groceries, many opportunities here at home. Mm. Yes, the only thing that uh, we don't have here in Zimbabwe, the capital to start. Yeah. If we have capital to start a business, we won't go outside the country. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes,
0: So if someone in your position, uh, how did you find that initial capital? Was it through family or any sort of like money lending facilities? How are you able to find capital?
1: Through working the okay. time I was in South Africa, okay. I was budgeting every month. I was having a savings account. Mm-hmm. You see. Then you put some money. Then for nine and a half years, so it was oh, enough to start, to start that, start that poultry business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then I just decided to come back here. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> most people come and they either immediately start farming yes. or bringing stuff in, like doing that. Um, they're called runners now, people yes. who bring stuff from South Africa coming in. Yes. They start those kind of businesses or they offer those kind of services.
1: You know, uh, from the other point, let me just say in South Africa, there's that opportunity mm-hmm. of uh, getting things like easy, but it's not easy. You need to work hard first. Mm-hmm. Then you earn something, then you use it wisely, mm-hmm. then you can buy because their prices. They are good, they are not that bad. Mm -hmm. They are not that bad. That's why we have that opportunity because for the past, from 2017 going backwards, Mm -hmm. if you compare the prices of the basic commodities Mm -hmm. in South Africa, it was better. Mm -hmm. So you have that opportunity that you end your monthly salary, Mm -hmm. then you can just allocate your budget, then after that, you can just say no. I want just to buy something mm. here yeah, because it's cheap. Then you send it home. Yeah. Then when it, they arrive this side, you can just make arrangements with someone mm. to sell your products that mm-hmm. you are selling. Mm-hmm. Then from there you are yeah. going yes yeah, forward going, okay. with your future. Mm-hmm. You see, All right. yes, that is the, op- the only opportunity that we have that time from 2017 going backwards, mm. but from twenty eighteen mm. coming upwards now it's difficult to do that because basic commodities are expensive. Mm. I think on a weekly basis Price prices right. are changing. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Prices are changing. So it's difficult now to survive in South Africa. Mm. Yes. Mm. So that's why now many people, they are coming back home. Yeah. Warm, sweet, home. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Yes. As long as you have capital to start something, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. you can do well.
0: And how did you start distributing like the products you were making?
1: Through mouth to mouth, yes, yeah. okay. yes. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Like spreading the information, mm-hmm. yes, by telephoning, mm-hmm. yes by also advertising your products mm-hmm. see, moving around with pamphlets giving yes. some other guys guys i have these products i'm selling eggs mm-hmm. i'm selling chickens you see mm-hmm. yes okay. and also the referrals helped me a lot mm-hmm. like uh, the schools that we supply the chickens and eggs oh, okay. yes mm-hmm. they always refer us from to other guys mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. yes okay no yes.
0: that's great and so as a young zimbabwean having had your experiences working in south africa working in sim and both times having had to like carve out a living for yourself um what are your hopes for the future if you intend on staying in zimbabwe
1: to become my own boss yes yes yeah that is the first thing Mm -hmm. you see then to grow Mm. to grow Mm -hmm. when if you are in a business you need to grow Every day you meet different uh, aspects. You see about life. Then you, when you are in business, you, someone can come in. You know why? Uh, why? Why? Can you try this? Mm. Yes, we want this. Then you start trying because now uh, I'm doing poetry, mm. eggs and the chickens. But you can find out that customers. We just request, can you try vegetables? You Mm. see, you are growing Mm. from there. You are growing, Mm. you are growing. So it's something that is good, you see? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, and And just as a final question, a lot of people go outside of the country, um, they study something, and when they come back, they find they can't use those qualifications. And you've decided to, like, sort of take your place in a specific market using the qualifications and experience that you have. What advice would you give to someone who can't find like readily find like a job in their field but wanting to then I don't know just start their own thing? Uh
1: the ad, uh, the advice that I can give to those guys who fail to, to do something here mm-hmm. with their qualifications, I would just advise them if you have that opportunity, if you have learned, you mm-hmm. see. You can do farming, mm. yes, cash crops, mm. tomatoes. You start from small things, then you grow big, mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. Growing tomatoes in agriculture, because here, we have, uh, we have availability of land, yes. you understand? So you need, you need to utilize that land, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Growing vegetables, even tobacco, if you have that, uh, that power, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes, that image that I need to do something, yeah. you see? Yeah. Because you can just, like myself, I planned to, you can just say, for example, you can plan to do poetry only, like raising of chickens, eggs, you see? Then from there, you can meet some other guys saying, no, what you are doing is good. Can we just add on something like vegetables? When someone come to buy your products, mm-hmm. you just eat on vegetables. Mm-hmm. So okay. that market, you see? Exactly. Yeah. It's, crea- it's creating it on your <coughs> yes. so,
0: so from what you're saying, I get that as like young Zimbabweans, you just have to like, Use whatever networks you have, take yes. whatever you can do, yes. and just make it work.
1: Yes, basically. forget about your qualifications. Oh,
0: okay. Yes, yeah. start working. Just that. Uh, start working. Mm-hmm.
1: Use that land that we have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that land that we have, if we utilize it wisely, then you can grow from there. Mm-hmm. Then you can start something, whatever. Whatever potential you have, you Mm. can do here in Zim because it's our motherland. Yes. Mm. We don't have limited resources (laughs) here. We have availability of everything Mm. here. Land. We have different types of things here Mm -hmm. in Zimbabwe Mm. compared to South Africa. Mm. In South Africa, it's very difficult to start a business Mm. because you need to register it. Many things are happening in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like here in Zimbabwe, it's not home, mm-hmm. you see. Yeah. yeah. And would
0: you say that perspective is coming from being a Zimbabwean in South Africa? Yes. Or that's just, it's just harder in South Africa, just it, it's even just if you're South African.
1: It's just a hard because when you just leave from Zimbabwe to South Africa, mm-hmm. right, you, you don't have anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You are just on your own then with few clothes that you have to change mm-hmm. yeah you see you want something better you see but uh, it's not like that when you get there yeah. it's not like that it's mm-hmm. very tough mm-hmm. yes you can that's why you can find out that uh, uh someone can go there and spend like two three years then you can start you or she can start phoning you back here Mm -hmm. at home i'm okay because it takes time Mm -hmm. to get what you want Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. before you do anything you need to sort out your life first yes Mm -hmm. then you start from there Mm -hmm. so it takes long Mm. Three to four years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then you start sending something home, mm. starting to just anything to support your family here. Exactly. But it takes time mm. and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And there are many challenges. Mm-hmm. Many challenges. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's better to be here in Zim. Mm-hmm. I, I, I encourage anyone who is listening to this conversation to. Just stay here <laughs> in Zim, <laughs> yeah. then we can do something. Yes, if you have uh, qualifications or something, or a visa, yes, you can go outside the country, but you end up here okay, again up in here. Zim, yes.
0: Kevin, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. And thank you for sharing your experiences. And
1: it's my pleasure. <laughs> do you have any
0: last words for whoever's listening?
1: I tried my best to make it clear that uh, home is the best. Home is the best. Yes. Now that's perfect. Yes. home is the best. That's perfectly fine. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. No
0: worries. (laughs) And that is the episode. A huge thank you once again to my guest Bevan for coming on this platform and sharing your experiences and your points of view with us. I really do appreciate it. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Um, I've said this before, but as you know, I record the intro and the outro of the episodes after I've listened back and edited, you know, the episode, like put everything together. Um, And I found it interesting when Bevan was talking that he did not experience um, any xenophobia. He said the crime in South Africa was really bad where he was staying, but he didn't experience xenophobia. And I think it would be remiss to do an episode discussing, you know, undocumented immigration to South Africa without just commenting on the issue of xenophobia. And I think as someone who's moved to South Africa, completely documented, I went for university, I experienced it in through like a lot of my stu- a lot of my fellow South African students, um, in the microaggressive ways, but also in very blatant, you know, you're not welcome here. Um, and it's honestly the first place I've ever felt like not home. I've, I've ever felt not welcome. And it wasn't great. But that wasn't fully from my own experience. It's from something I witnessed. So it's a little story time. In 2015, um, there was the first Fees Must Fall protest. And in the middle of the protest that was happening on campus, and I will admit at Rhodes in 2015, that protest was quite calm. Like it wasn't as violent as subsequent protests were. The police were not called as quickly. Um, and that's not to downplay anyone's experience, but compared to like UCT and Vits at Rhodes, there was the shutdown. And I think there was there was one day of, you know, police intervention, but in comparison, I would say that that one was calmer. All the subsequent protests on campus that followed the 2015 Fismas ball, wild. But 2015 was slightly less, um, there was slightly less friction with the authorities, I will say that. Um, but in the middle of that protest happening, um, then came, there was another protest that was going on in the township of Makanda, uh, where Rhodes University is. So it's a small town, it's a student town, and you can still see like the apartheid lines between the university where the rich people lived and where the black people were segregated. That is the word segregation. You can still see the segregation lines very clearly in the neighborhood. So in the township, which is literally the two ro- two streets over from the university, a completely different um, sort of unrest started where the shops of foreigners were targeted now there were a lot of Zimbabweans who lived in the township but most of the foreigners there were Somalis people from eastern Africa and how they got to such a rural town like Grahamstown I mean Makanda excuse me now I have it must have been a journey and a half so to establish like the little shop and everything probably took a lot, right? Um, So those shops were being looted. People were being attacked, beaten. It was quite brutal. Even on campus, we were told that if you were not light-skinned, don't leave campus, you know? Don't even go as to the nearest shops by campus in town because it was quite wild at the time. The violence was quite pertinent. And, of course, the... colorism was kicking in, the racial profiling, I don't know what to call black-on-black racial profiling, maybe featurism was kicking in, but they were just saying, if you don't look South African, if you don't speak a South African language, don't leave campus, and that was really wild, it was really scary that those were the kind of announcements that you were getting at the time, Um, but a couple of days later, uh, the foreigner, the foreign people then went to when everything calmed down, they then marched to the municipal council hall, the city hall, and demanded that the city assist them financially to help them pretty much rebuild. Like I said earlier, to get from East Africa to Makanda is, I mean, I, I can't imagine. It takes two planes and a bus um, coming from Zimbabwe, you know, and so I can't imagine going there without much and establishing your own business right um so they were demanding the municipality assist them with some kind of aid some kind of i don't know to help them rebuild their homes rebuild their stores and recuperate some of the losses that they had like incurred because of the violence so they were on one side in front of the city hall and directly across the street on the other side were a group of south africans basically telling them well you should just go home like, just leave the country. You're not welcome here anyway. And that was an experience that really stood out to me. That violence wasn't directed towards me. I wasn't impacted by that episode of xenophobia, but it was crazy. That was the first time I'd seen it. I'd heard the stories, of course, on the news. And then, you know, when you tell people you're going to university in South Africa, there are two things people tell you to watch out for, crime and xenophobia. I guess the two are not completely different, but those two things that that's a dangerous place and that xenophobia is really real. And I like I said earlier, I'd never felt so unwelcome before. South Africa never felt like home to me, but I personally had never felt like you guys were really not wanted here. Um even for I don't know it was just it was just the violence of it all was pretty pretty scary and then of course um we remember elvis nyati who was brutally brutally murdered in the zimbabwean brutally murdered in south africa um quite recently uh maya rest in peace um and instances like that just make that specific country i don't know i know zimbabweans was xenophobic to Malawians and just foreigners in general, as Africans, just experiencing xenophobia in Africa kind of feels unnatural because of, you know, the whole Ubuntu were one person. Hey, the colonizers did this, the colonizers did that, all of that good stuff. But experiencing it is something that I can't explain, but I just felt like it would be remiss not to talk a little bit about that. And that's my small personal experience with it and listen if you have experiences wherever you're listening from of it I know I, I could talk about the xenophobia experienced in Europe but I feel like that's another episode um, and of course in America but that was just like I've only ever been to America as like a tourist so I kind of spitted it and in America I couldn't tell if it's because I was black or because I was foreign, but talking to black American foreigners, even on social media is always an experience. But yeah, I thought it would be remiss to talk about this specific topic without unpacking this a little bit. And I'm just feeling like this could be a whole episode, you know, Um, but I will think that up as always. These ideas just come i record find a guest record and if you have experienced in in any way shape or form and are happy to come and unpack that on the platform please do share even if you have a story just do feel free to share otherwise yeah um i think that's about it i think yeah <laughs> as always please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at in this economy podcast on instagram and follow me your host at kimia Jeko on twitter and as always let's keep the conversation going i really do appreciate all the support all the engagement the feedback and also a huge special shout out to everyone who's contributed to the paypal i continue to work on finding fun i mean easier ways to support and contribute to the podcast but zimbabwe sucks as far as payment platforms that is all I can say but excuse me that is something that remains on my mind something I'm working on to continue to give you opportunities to support and help me make this platform grow and just touch as many forms of media as possible so thank you so much and I will catch you next week